Look, I'm not being paid to say any more than this. You are listening to a fantastically accurate account from Fight Dragons Win Prizes. This episode is called The Emberlock Incident Part 3, which is a really functional title as it lets you know there are two other parts you should listen to first. However, a more descriptive title might be Till Death Do Us Part. This episode, while free of traditional bad words, is rated PG for moderate descriptions of combat-related lessons in anatomy. When we last left our adventurers, they were in quite the jam, like a troll-sized barrel jam sized jam. Hey, speaking of trolls, inside a large cavernous room with a giant wood lift platform, we find Arya Winstill, our female ranger hero with a heart of many desires. Arya has just slain a lift troll who only had one desire, and that was to finish its shift without getting killed. Marcus, our private school-trained male hero fighter, and someone Arya thinks will just get better looking with age, is distraught over Arya's misjudgment. From behind our two heroes, whose only task was to seal off this giant cavern's ever-moving entrance, a man, in formal Holly Spring attire, stands holding a ring and staring at Arya and Marcus. The man has a certain look on his face. It's the same look that people get when they make dinner reservations way in advance. But when they go to the restaurant, the host is all, I'm sorry, how do you spell your name again? And the person is all, are you kidding? It's Smith, S-M-I-T-H. Then the host is all, well, I don't see any Smiths on the reservation list. And the person just knows there's got to be at least one Smith on the list because it's a really common name. Then the person gets really ticked off because they realize this host enjoys wielding meaningless bits of power over others and has no intention of seating said person reservation or not. You know that feeling? Well, that's the sort of feeling on the man's face. You, you ruined my wedding proposal plan. The upset man, whose name turns out to be Smith, but with three silent E's at the end, says. Marcus apologizes with a smooth and deep voice, consistent with a fighter whose parents would have preferred he go to talk show host school instead of private fighter school. The well-dressed man, named Smith, holds back tears. He bends over and retrieves a thin dagger from his boot. Aria draws her tramp blade from the sheath on the small of her lower back and places it across the man's throat. Marcus stays her hand. It's just a fountain pen, says Smith, struggling to get the words out. You know what they say about pens and swords, says Aria, referring to an old windstill, saying, Pens are the swords of those with poor physical fitness. Marcus takes the pen from Smith's hand and inspects it. Expensive, Marcus says. Were you planning on stabbing me with it? Journaling, says Smith. I... I was going to journal with it. You know, my feelings about you killing Belfour, the troll that lifted this very wood platform up to a romantic cave room I'd prepared for Lady Lily and I's first date. The man begins to cry. It... it was a perfect first date. Belfour said it was the most romantic first date he'd ever seen as a lift troll. He even took several lashes from Overseer Flopwickle for hiding us from the goblins. Belfour was going to help me propose this very night. Marcus tries to comfort Smith, while Arya checks him for weapons. She finds nothing but a considerable stash of fine pens. 
Just as Marcus is about to offer his services in the proposal scheme, the voice of Lady Lily is heard at the far end of the platform. Hello, Smith with three E's, are you in here? Smith begins to weep at the sound of his to-be-bride-to-be. Marcus motions for Aria to go talk to the woman, unwilling to let the bachelor be seen in his broken-down state. Aria sees a twinkle in Marcus's eyes. She thinks he is pondering on how he would propose to Aria when it was time. Then Aria turns and sees Lady Lily. Aria is stunned by the woman's beauty and ability to put together an outfit that is both flattering and cave-functional. She turns back to Marcus. The twinkle is still in his eye. Aria denies it at first, but knows the twinkle does not belong to her. Aria stomps off toward Lady Lily and breaks the news to her with little discretion. You must marry Smith, Aria starts. He had this very romantic thing planned, but it got ruined, and the only thing we can blame is love itself. Aria puts her hand on the lady's shoulder. He's a wonderful man and has a fine pen collection, so forget about the failed proposal plan and go marry this man right now before he gets away. Aria sees Lady Lily scanning the cavernous room with her eyes. A tear wells up at the sight of the dead troll. Bells is dead, asks Lady Lily. Um, yes, killed by the promise of love, says Aria. Lady Lily sighs. He was such a nice lift troll, pulled us up and down without so much as a glurp or tootle. How impossibly romantic, says Aria. Lady Lily puts her hand to Aria's mouth, and then in a hushed voice says, No, no, not romantic, not with Smith. Actually, I can't stand the man on and on about his feelings and his pens. If I had to answer tonight, Lady Lily pauses, my answer would most assuredly be no. Aria sees the woman looking at Marcus and feels the woman tremble at the sight of him. You must marry Smith. He had flowers and a sign and everything. Lady Lily doesn't hear the words. Her eyes are fixed on Marcus. Who did you say the man next to Smith was? Lady Lily asks. Before Aria can answer, the screech of goblins echoes in the cavernous room. Seconds later, goblins swarm the cave, dropping from the ceiling like guano from a bat cave. Aria pulls the woman with her as she runs to Marcus. Marcus pulls Smith with him toward Aria. Out of scavenged arrows, Aria turns to Smith's collection of fine pens. She flings them from her hand like a magician dealing cards. Goblins drop like flies hitting an electrified stone. Marcus pulls Smith close and tells him to stay behind his plated chest. Marcus slashes through the goblins, dropping onto the platform like a scythe through plump tomatoes. Smith sees Lily, her face now splashed with goblin blood. He thinks she has never looked more beautiful. He drops to one knee. Lady Lily of Holly Spring, will you make me the happiest scribe in all of Holly Spring and be my whiff? And whiff is Smith's last word. The act of kneeling exposes his heart to goblin arrows passing through Marcus's legs. Arrows plummet into Smith's chest, turning him into what looks like a weeping pincushion. His feelings spill out onto the platform. Oh, thank goodness, says Lady Lily, who quickly puts a hand to her mouth, realising she said the quiet part out loud. Marcus commands Aria to collect arrows from fallen goblins, but Aria is a little hesitant to leave Lady Lily and Marcus alone, even though they are in the midst of heated combat. That's the end. At least it's the end of this episode. It's not, however, the end of the Emberlock campaign. 
Stay tuned for more of whatever is happening to whoever is in the story. I sort of lost interest after the intro. Now I'm required to tell you about our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash fightdragonswinprizes. If you choose to make what's being called a really smart and possibly daring decision to support Fight Dragons win prizes on Patreon, you'll get behind the prizes episodes, polls about your feelings, and a rant about why cream-filled churros are a bad idea. Go to patreon.com slash fightdragonswinprizes and support the one-man band that creates the very words you are hearing now. Thank you. Now get back to pretending to work. <laughs>